0: an ask it message. So if you're just joining us for the first time today, you're in for a treat um, because many people have submitted questions, um, just any kind of question really, Bible questions, God questions, people questions, and we're going to answer them for you as best as we can. So this is going to be fun. Um, But what this also means is that starting next weekend, we have a new series beginning called The Bible. And what we're really going to be doing is, we're going to take several weeks to focus on the Bible in and of itself. How was it put together? Why was it put together that way? What about all the different translations? What about, you know, are there any changes? What does this mean? And so if you've ever had some of those hard questions about the Bible itself, the next series is going to be for you. And along with it, we have the study guide, which helps us dig into it throughout the week a little bit further. So this is ready for you guys at the back. Um, Please don't hesitate to pick one up on your way out. And um, yeah, there we've got that. So at this point, let me just, uh, why don't we all pray together? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fact that you offer us hope and forgiveness and grace and a life with you. But Lord, you don't leave us to our own devices to figure out how to do that. You give us our church family. You give us yourself. You give us your Holy Spirit. You give us the Bible. You give us everything that we need to learn and to grow and to mature into the likeness of your son. And Lord, we know it's not always easy, but we're here for each other and you're here for us, and we thank you for that. And so we just thank you for today, for the questions that we get to um, address, and uh, let the answers just change us, Lord. Thank you for that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello, sir.
1: Dion is the moderator. Uh, Also, the firing squad, she she has the questions, and she'll be passing them on. Uh, She'll also remind you, uh, I could do it for her, is that there's a phone number here, and she'll be taking text during the message. Uh, Whoa. And it's on.
0: It's on. So, So, yes, you guys are welcome to text throughout. Um, That's the number up there.
1: And if you don't know how to do that, look for a teenager next to you.
0: (laughs) That way, you'll know that they're paying attention too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I could text in church? What's up with that? Okay, so again, um, and also too, just as a reminder, if you have been following along with the letters to the church book, and you have any questions specifically about the book or anything in that, or what we've done um, as a church in that, please don't hesitate to hesitate to ask us as well. Okay, so now we have the fun of asking some questions here. Um, okay, I don't know. Do we want to start easy? Do we want to start difficult?
1: Don't ask them. I know,
0: right? <laughs>
1: <Easy>. <laughs> we always get
0: in trouble when we do that. <laughs> okay, let's see. Let's take one from the phone. Um, ooh, boy, look at you guys are on it already. Ding! You're messaging me. Okay, um, we're going to start with a couple of verses out of Revelation. Um, there's two verses in Revelation. So the first, or actually two portions of Scripture, Revelation 1, 14 through 16. And we're going to put those up on the side screen for you guys, so just give us just a second. Revelation 1, 14 through 16, and then also Revelation 14 five verse six. So the question here is that both portions of scripture describe Jesus but are very different. The second one seems he still bears the marks of crucifixion. How do you reconcile these two verses?
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the, the other verse he's going to put up is that he's a lamb as if slain before the foundation of the world. That he does carry his marks in heaven. If we go back to John, uh, when John appeared to his disciples afterwards, what, what, what his validation was that it was him was he said, put your hands in the holes of my hands and in my side. So he definitely carries the marks of crucifixion with him uh, in heaven, even though he's got a glorified transformed body, which he had when he saw them. He still carries the marks of that that go with Him. And He still is, if you go back to the other verse, He is still overpowering God. And we get to do FaceTime with Him. That means on our face, in front of Him, worshiping Him as holy, holy, holy. Loving relationship. It's not groveling. It's just honoring the God that is. So He is both. King, ruler, God, reigning in heaven. But he's also the lamb slain before the foundation of the world for your sins and mine.
0: Sweet. (laughs) But how cool is it, though, that for, you know, for those who do doubt, you know, when you stop and think about it, he had to have the physical evidence. And, you know, God gives us physical evidence all over the place, but just in his own body, that is, that is just way cool. Okay, neat. All right, so how about this one? Um, should a person stay with their spouse if, they are, if the spouse is an unbeliever? Well, yeah. Okay. Next? No. <laughs> Do splain. <laughs> <laughs> the... Uh...
1: 1 Corinthians 7, Paul writes a letter back to the church at Corinth that asks similar questions along those lines. And and he tells them, uh, if you're married, and again, now let me just quick background, very quick, I hope, uh, is that during that time, a lot of people were coming becoming Christians. And then they were married, and they would come home to their uh, their unbelieving mate, and they'd say, I'm a Christian, way cool, uh, no more of this party-hardy stuff here. And so the the uh, uh, non-believer would sometimes order them out or anything else. But the command to the believer was to stay. Now, there's some provisions to that. but And it goes on to say, if you stay, you can win your husband or your wife to the Lord. You're in a most perfect witnessing situation you'll ever be in when you're living 24/7 with someone who's not saved you get to, you get to grow quickly in it and here it goes on living he must be continue living as you must for a believing wife brings holiness to her marriage and a believing husband brings holiness and then it goes on to say that the influence on the children that are there also we 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 don't ever f- want to go back and forget at at that Jesus said that what God has put together let no man take apart. Marriage with even between two non believers is God's covenant that He set forth. And it marriage is His invention that takes place. So marriage in God's eyes is maintained. It goes on to say multiple unrepented adulteries or physical abuse may cause a time of separation or even divorce, but that's multiple and uh, anyway, so yeah. Oh, one other, the nonbeliever can command a believer away by action, behavior or abandonment, uh, and then the Bible says then he is not uh, under obligation. so the non-believer at that point, has been abandoned for and no way of reconciliation, he is then free to go forward. okay.:
0: Okay. yay. righty. um. So, okay, so one of the other questions is, and this kind of goes along with us really, when you think about it, because um, when we have when we're going through hard times, we seek counsel and guidance. Um, but when does sharing concern of another person become gossip? What?
1: Okay, one of the biggest challenges that that we have is. And again this is you know I have to be careful we we come into counseling and one of the, the natural human responses is to think we're okay the other person's got an issue. And so it, sometimes it's it's the desi- it, there's an unpacking of the failures of the other person. And we have to be very careful as if you're a Christian counselor you have to listen very carefully. You have to be first to be able to understand uh that the person the proverb says the person who speaks First seems right until the second one comes along and tells their story, and I've seen that hundreds of times when a person comes in and this victim uh, is there, and then the mate comes in and goes, "Oh by the way, there's another side. Uh, I always encourage if someone comes in to be able to say, "We can't talk about the other person they're not here. that's gossip. You can give me the you know the the, the hundred thousand foot view quickly. But it all comes back to how you respond to whatever it is. I can't, you can't counsel someone when when they're not there. So you have to deal with what Christ has put in front of you. So uh, I don't know if that specifically answers the question, but I I try to be very careful on that because I'll tell the other person says now my goal is for you to go tell your mate and invite him to come in, or her, and. I don't want to be spring loaded or preloaded, and I want you to be able to say them, though no, we talk about how I can respond, not about who you are and what you've done. I don't know if that makes any sense. But gossip, whether it's in a church prayer group or whether it's in a counseling session, is so rampant. Oh, please pray for so and so and so oh, and so. And go, really? Thanks for sharing all that. Anyway. How would that answer to it? In other words, cool. it, guard, gossip, <laughs> even in the best of intentions with yourself and the person sharing it with you. Um,
0: yeah, because even like, like maybe on a friend-to-friend basis, you know, a friend goes to another friend and says, Hey, I think, you know, Jane is having problem here. You know, at what point do you cross the line in that? Because I know what you've usually told us or, well, you've told me. Is it's like have you talked to them? Yeah, you know, have you rather than going into the conversation with that person right there? Don't not letting them roll out what they think is going on, yeah. but have you talked to them? And if they haven't,
1: yeah, that's in a non-marriage. If you if if you see something at some, are you are you accepting Christ or you got to... no? Go ahead. I, we, <laughs> we, we're not, not going to try to do this, but go ahead. I see the hand. What? Gossip is speaking about someone when they're not present in a negative way. And so, uh, and by the way, I I want to just something else that's, that's fun. In this area of gossip, a good way to perfect your identification of gossip. When you look at other people and you kind of take their inventory, if you're hearing negative, here it's Satan talking. God doesn't gossip if you're hearing your stuff over here then how to how to follow god more closely that would be god so anyway sorry side note did that answer that yeah thank you i got a thumbs up
0: you got a thumbs up (laughs) awesome (laughs) all right um so yeah because that's kind of challenging because it's like when you do want to you know something's going on um but like you said not being negative not, not just for the sake of tearing them down, for, you know, talking about yeah. them for the sake of tearing them down and making them look bad um, to somebody else. So, okay, um, all right. So this is actually going to go back to the letters to the church. So we we did the campaign. It was basically a campaign as a church. Um, we called it church and addressed some it's cleverly of cleverly named, huh?
1: Cleverly named. It was.
0: <laughs> we dug hard for that, um, and but it was based on the book. By Francis Chan and so the encouragement was as a congregation to go through it um, what what was kind of the overall purpose and how did how did this work out why did you want us all to do it together
1: what again okay and I said this almost every week in the series and and please it doesn't stop with that series any church that's trying to please God needs to constantly seeking God, His wisdom, His understanding to see if things are going correctly. And if we see something that's going correctly inside the church, we need to talk to the church if we're part of the church, leadership or members of the church. And there's a way we can do church better and honor God and bring our friends to Christ. We need to constantly be re-examining ourselves as a church. Also, we need to be constantly re-examining ourselves as followers of Christ. And I always use, and for church and people, uh, Psalms 139, verses 22 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my anxious thoughts. Any hurtful way in me, lead me in the everlasting path. We should be constantly reviewing who we are, what we're doing as a church. And so we have done this several times as a church. This one was one that that came in, and we learned a lot about uh, the good and the bad of it. But if there's something you, s- you see, bring it up. And that's why we invited everyone into the process. So, uh, which reminds me, we don't have the glazed donut holes anymore. I want to talk about something. It's, uh, I, I'm just bringing that up. That's a personal issue that I have. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, as long as we're putting in our personal order. <laughs> I would like some with bacon, please. So, <laughs> since bacon was the deal of the day last night, yeah, so
1: bacon was in.
0: Bacon, bacon, good. Okay. <laughs> Somebody remembers that. Do okay. So here's this is kind of a uh, this is a harder question, um, but one that is really important. Um, the question is, is: Does a person go to heaven if they take their own life?
1: Here's the thing, uh and and it's really good news. We're told that the heart is desperately sick and wicked beyond belief. But the next verse says, I the Lord, I search the heart, I test the mind in order to give to each person according to his ways. An external beh at, the, a, at a point of great distress, at a great of uh of, of upset or something like that, uh the act of suicide I don't think it precludes heaven the rebellious fist in God's face. And connected with that that is a different story. And again, I in all the assisted suicides and everything going on, I don't think we can sit outside of another person ever and say ah they went to the hell. And I almost by the same power it's rare we can stand outside of someone who's died and said ah they really are in heaven we don't see their hearts we see the fruit we see the indications but uh... suicide is not the unforgivable sin denying the holy spirit and his calls to salvation in a relationship that's the unpardonable sin or sinning willfully against the holy spirit in christ after Coming to the knowledge of the truth, uh, Hebrews ten twenty six. You read through that passage. Those are unforgivable. I don't. I'm not advocating suicide to anyone here. Just want to make sure <clears throat> we have a helpline. Call Dion. Sorry. No. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Yeah, no. It, but it's you know I know probably there's few people who haven't been. Um, had the experience of somebody that they love or know having taken their own lives, so.
1: I I can't. Millennial suicide rates went up 33% Mm -hmm. in the last 15 years. And it's normally in a combination with psychotropic drugs and uh, false training, because we've taken the hope away from the kids when you take Christ away from them. And they don't have the social coping skills of anything else. So I'm that's just a little news blurb yeah. that's there. It's not yeah. a, it's not an isolated issue.
0: So. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, here's another fun one. <laughs> this might take a minute or two. Are we in the beginning of the tribulation? How long and how long will believers be part of it, if any? <laughs> that was a total setup. <laughs> oh, thank you. I
1: was, oh, I was, I'm glad you asked. Woo-hoo. Uh, Sunday school class I just walked out of. The tribulation starts with a peace treaty between the nation of Israel and its neighbors negotiated by someone who we call the Antichrist. It will follow as far as biblical... biblical uh, the majority of biblical scholars will say that there's going to be a war, this you should be very interested in, between Israel... Iran, Russia, Turkey, Libya. Now, do these guys sound like common players right now? This is the news today. In our class, to get in, you you can't get a donut unless you share current news that affects. Uh, This is Ezekiel thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight, where thirty nine, where Israel is reborn as a nation. Amazing prophecies, and then these nations gather around it and come to war against it. At the end of that war. Then a peace treaty is signed. We have seven years left. So we have not had the peace treaty. We have not had the Ezekiel 39 war. But we have not had the peace treaty, so we cannot be in the tribulation. What was the rest of the question?
0: Um, are, are we going to be part of it?
1: I believe we could. Okay, I'm going to do it this way. Everyone on this side is going through tribulation, and everyone on this side is going to be raptured out.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm actually right here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The reason I say that is this is a hotly debated discussion. Right now between... It's it's growing, but over 40% of the Christians, biblical Christians, believe that we're going through the tribulation. 60% of the biblical Christians believe that we're going to be taken out before the tribulation happens. Some things we know for sure. When Christ comes we go. So that, that's the real question. Uh, you know, again, I won't spin my personal beliefs on this, but it's it's just a it's it's a non important question. If the tribulation, if Christians are taken out at the beginning of the tribulation period, it's the best for the world and the best for God. God's cause and Jesus Christ to bring the most people to salvation. If the Christians go through the tribulation and are part of that here, that's God's best plan to save as many of us as possible here on this earth, and He will protect and guide His people through that tribulation period. So whether we go or stay, God's going to use us. The focus is not on when we're going; it's what we're doing now. Okay. Right.
0: Right. Yes, because um, Matthew 24:43 says, "Therefore, um, 42 and 43, stay alert because you do not know what day your Lord will come." But understand this: had the owner. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> of the house knew exactly when the thief would break in. Um, He wouldn't have let his house be broken. So we got to be prepared. That's the whole point. Yes. We have to be prepared.
1: Have your spiritual bags packed.
0: And personally, I personally believe there's not a Christian who doesn't want a pre-tribulation ticket out of here, but there are those freaks who want (laughs) to stay behind. (laughs) <laughs> and i say that with all the love in my heart yeah um but oh, you know uh, there's some stuff i wouldn't mind sticking around to see you know, yeah. as long as i'm not affected by it you know because uh, right yeah.
1: <laughs> i'm sure god will honor that i know he like, sure, okay
0: <laughs> hey i'm honest <laughs> it's just fun stuff fun stuff so here's another really fun one too you guys are submitting some really great questions and just so that you know um the questions that you are texting in and any questions that we aren't able to have enough time to address, we do keep them. We will um, put them, you know, Kim will do a great job of collecting them. Bill's going to address a lot of them in his Wednesday group that starts next week. Next week. And then sometimes, too, we'll even re- we'll bring them up for our next ask it question yep. as well and just kind of add to them. So no fear. You'll just have 400 people in your Wednesday group.
1: Okay. Um, bring snacks.
0: There you go. Okay, so this is another fun one. How is the timeline of the secular world with dinosaurs and Neanderthals explained in the Christian timeline?
1: Um,
0: you guys are good. I'm oh, you're laughing. It. I'm loving <laughs> it. That's a sicko. No, this uh, is good.
1: Just, I mean, they, there's there's two scenarios. There is a scenario where we're at seven or six, seven billion years old, and there's a mm-hmm. scenario where God said, "Let there be," and we've been here like six thousand years. And uh, there is evidence on both sides of that argument. And so, uh, I I come down on the biblical side. Uh, there's no there's no doubt that. As far as the evidence is concerned, that the dinosaurs and what was they, they lived, they walked. But again, they say that they were. There's some of the things we're finding out now that's just so incredible. Just a cup, you know, like when they discover that everyone says, well, the, you know, the dinosaurs all died, then man came. And they find a dinosaur footprint with a man print right in the middle of it. How did that happen? Now, they're going in and saying dinosaurs went away. Uh, 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 Years, hundreds of thousands of years ago, and now they're finding dinosaur uh, fossils and bones, and the, and the tissue in it is still responsive and alive, and the DNA is alive, which would, would have to be dead. And I think it's something like 8,000 years. There's no way it could be alive. And yet they're finding it alive, the DNA. The evidence that we're finding for a young earth is, is actually there's more proof for a younger scientific proof than there is for a long-term loop. But it doesn't make any difference. It, it, it doesn't make any difference if you're honoring God and looking at it as God created, if you see Him in carefully moving and creating each... Because the Bible says He created each animal specifically. Again, I could, I could just rant on this. Uh, the, the scientific evidence that's pouring into the arena now, uh, in my opinion, supports... Uh, a young earth, a specific creation by God, the DNA that we've I just one area, okay, DNA that we now can tear apart and put back together again, and we can look at our ancestors, it's clearly proven that all human beings descended from a male and a female. You can call them Adam and Eve uh, that's convenient, but all the DNA shows that we go back to one set of parents that originally started us that we've got the capability of knowing that now. And the original couple had pure DNA. No, uh, the, there, there weren't the mutations or anything else. Every generation of human beings, the, the mutation rate increases and we have more and more problems. We are not evolving up, but we're according to the second law of thermodynamics where everything goes to junk, we're devolving physically inside of our things. And I, there's, this, there's, there's a book called... Uh, uh, I could go on. There's, there's, there's books on both sides. It, be an honest seeker, but be scientific. A scientist does not walk in and say, I'm throwing out all evidence that points to a creator. I'm throwing out all evidence that points to a flood. I'm pulling out all evidence that points to you, unique correct, you know, creation of people. That's not science. That's religion. Study the evidence and come up with your own conclusions. Uh, and if you don't agree with me, come talk and I'll beat you down. And, not, and, you, no, just...
0: and bring snacks. And bring, snack. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and bring and, snacks, yeah. And literally show
1: up for the class
0: because that's a huge deal. And we have
1: resources that are available. Um, anyway.
0: Yeah, that's fun stuff. That is really fun stuff. Um, okay, and some of the fun part is is like in our next series as we're digging through the Bible inside of the study guide, um, we've got a lot of links to websites where you can dig into some of that research as well, like Answers in Genesis and Josh yeah. McDowell's stuff. And so there's a lot of uh, available resources out there too. So, Okay, so this is going to kind of take it back into the personal. Um, how do you honor your father and mother if one of the parents is unkind, unloving, not nice. Uh, As an adult. As as an adult? As kids, you have no choice. Um, (laughs) 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 Sorry. No, but really, I think a lot of this comes from adults who have grown up, who want to honor their father and mother, because the Bible says to, but the parent just might be very, very uncooperative, unkind, unloving, mean, downright mean, in fact. Okay. So how how do you honor a parent like that as a Christian?
1: Well, taking a step back from it, the first thing we need to know is you have in front of you a target where you can present Jesus Christ, love, sacrifice, and his wisdom. Your Character in response to a mean, bitter parent is the strongest testimony that you're ever going to be able to give to them. Now, does that mean that you should allow them to come into your life, destroy your marriage, uh, do this, do that, and all the destructive behaviors that sometimes happen in dysfunctional families? Uh, Which, anyway, uh, well, no. You have to protect your family. And, but not in a mean way. You have a loving conversation, and, and so often the, the, the conversation is, Dad, I love you so much, and I want you involved in the kid's life. But if there's a destructive, this, if this when you come in and you've been drinking or you're yelling, you're screaming or you're abusing uh, myself or the, the or my wife or mate, then then I have to say no. We love you. We can meet offline, but I I can't allow that. But you, but you love them, and, and you love them the way Christ loves us in our, in our ugly. And there's always offering grace and a way back. In other words, if you get to the point where, Dad, I'm sorry, I've got I've to say, because this is not protecting us, it's protecting you and your behavior. We can't allow you for your good to do this, but always give a way back. If any time in the future you want to sit and we can talk and we can rebuild these relationships, we want to do that. We're not throwing you away. We're honoring you by protecting you from yourself. My kids tell me that. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding.
0: So what about what about kind of like the practical nature of it, too? Let's just say the parent. What if the parent? needs support financially or physically or there's needs there that need to be met and you're the only one to meet them.
1: Well, I I think that's it goes back to you have a you have an evangelistic target in front of you. As long as you're not enabling them into a destructive lifestyle of drugs or whatever it it, it may be that's taking place with them. And again, on, by the way, did you know you can honor people when you say no to them? You can still honor them. I love you dearly, but I believe this will hurt you, and I just can't do that.
0: Yeah. Well, that kind of goes back to, like in 1 Corinthians thirteen four through 7, that talks about love. Um, love is patient. Love is kind. It is not rude, boastful, arrogant, proud. It doesn't keep a list of wrongs, which is, I think, part of the challenge in this whole process. The, the, the people-to-people relationship anyway, but certainly the parent-child relationship um, when that becomes damaged, because the biblical description of love, I think, because that was kind of one of the questions, too, is it's we depend on a feeling to be the confirmation that we are successfully loving somebody, that we feel like doing it. And oftentimes biblical love is demonstrating kindness, demonstrating, you know, goodness, demonstrating patience with them. Um, and you're not always going to feel like doing it. But doing it in spite of how we feel honors God. Um, and so we have to be careful when we talk about love and honoring that we're, you know, we're not looking for a feeling to be the thing that determines whether or not we're successful in it, right? Or is that correct?
1: Right. Okay. I, but one more on that. <laughs> the, when we do good, no matter what good we're doing, there's, there's a tendency to do good to get good. In other words it's really manipulation if we're doing it, or even if we're doing it to get the do good feeling well our our good feeling is when Christ says, "Well done," and a lot of it you know so that's it's that personal relationship that says, "Well done when we act like Christ, okay, I'll beat that to death thank you
0: okay, cool um, <laughs> okay, that kind of goes into
1: I don't like it when you laugh before the question right? goes, well, go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, they're good. They're just good. And it's, you know, so many of them are coming in like, ah, oh, choosing one. So the doing good kind of um, walks us into James 2. Um, James 2 talks about faith and works. Yep. And so how do we reconcile the difference between faith and works as James explains it?
1: Well, faith without works is dead.
0: Okay, next <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I, and again the, the, the and again this, this comes out of uh the second chapter of James that also comes out of uh first john three sixteen If we say we love someone and we're not doing what we're supposed to do, we're a liar and a, we're just lying and uh this this it's just like the body is dead without breath, so is if we say we we love and we don't do things that show love we're We're dead. And this is the, uh, and again, not only doing it, just like I said before, but doing it for the right reason. Because we now have Christ's nature in us. We're sacrificially loving the other person. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't know if you want to, the James 2 says that if, uh, I don't remember which, the there it is. Someone comes to your meeting, dressed in fancy clothes, expensive jewelry, all that other stuff. And there's a poor person, standing over there, uh, your judgment is guided, you're going to have to kick it on to like 24. There you go. Huh, look you got it going on back there. Okay, this 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 down here at the bottom it goes uh next we're going to go to John, first John 3:16. Oh, go back. You're doing well. Uh where it says uh Brothers, and you say that you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions. Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, uh, and you say, well, goodbye, have a good day, uh, stay warm, eat well, but you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? You see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces the deeds. It is dead and useless. Uh, can you go to First John uh, the other John 3.16. We know real love uh, because Christ gave His life up for us. We ought to give uh, up our lives for our brothers and sisters. And then it goes on, it gives a very practical example uh, as He does that. If someone says, I have enough money to live well, and we see a brother or a sister in need and show no compassion, how does God love living that person? Don't merely say we love each other. Let us show it by the truth of our actions. Our actions uh, will show that we belong to the truth. And again, this is, this is Christianity 101. This is serving other people and sacrificing for other people and showing love uh, is is Christianity. How could it be anything else? The world can give charity and all this other stuff, but it's a a good feeling for them. It's not coming out of their nature of wanting to really help the person and giving them a hand up. I don't don't want to do too much of that. But we actually have a program called Love in Action, which is where we're trying to help people transition out of one lifestyle to another. Um, But anyway...
0: Okay. Um, Is... Smoking tobacco or drinking alcohol is sin.
1: If God tells you not to. Now, I've, the obvious things that sit inside of that is uh, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, do we care for our body? Absolutely. Uh, does nicotine, uh, again, I, yeah, does nicotine hurt our body? Yeah, when it, when it extends and it becomes control. I think we got this one from last night. I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. But I will not find everything beneficial. There's another one that says I won't be controlled by anything. Nicotine can become a controlling addiction inside of our lives and destructive. Uh, not only a witness to us, but other people. So is the encouragement not to smoke? Yeah. I stopped smoking three packs a day when I became a Christian. But... I, I knew it was wrong from the beginning. So, anyway, uh if you had to steal your folks' cigarettes to get a smoke, it's a pretty good indication that this isn't something you should be doing. You know? Uh, so, now, when, it, when it comes to drinking, we talked about that last night. Uh, drinking is absolutely talked about throughout the Bible. And so, but you can't be controlled by it. It cannot control you. It's, 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 it's there, but it cannot control you. Uh, does it have medical benefits? Does it have social benefits? Is it all? Yeah, and I, but I, I stopped drinking when I became a Christian, not because of, because of other people. It would never help me, by the way. I, I got some stories of being really stupid. And the worst part of that is I had to have my friends tell me because I didn't remember how stupid I was. Uh, <sighs> So smoking, alcohol, but that doesn't stop. Again, it goes through the gluttony of our culture that we live in, sugar abuse, uh, all the the drug abuses, whatever they may be, that takes place around us. If we just take a step back and recognize that this is our earth suit, take care of it so we can serve Christ longer and as with as much energy as we can. Um, But I want to go back the thing is that ask God. If you if you if you pray and say, Lord, what about this glass of wine that I'm having? It doesn't control me. What about that? And, and and you're okay. You're okay. If someone comes up to you and say, By the way, you're drinking, hurting our relationship. Well, then you better think about that one. Or that kind of a side deal. But look at all the things that affect our body in this culture today. Oh my! Are we committing slow, painful suicide? Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, this is thanks. Alan should be up here. What are we doing, doing doing all this stuff? Uh, If you have doubts whether you should eat, drink, smoke, uh, whatever it is, uh, you're sinning if you go ahead and do it for not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, then you're sinning.
0: Yeah. And that applies to pretty much everything. So I will feel very... Except gui- chocolate. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if I feel guilty eating a cheeseburger, is that <laughs> sin? Ugh. I'm going to
1: classic. I want bacon on it. Going to classic <laughs> bacon.
0: You know they have burgers where the, the donut is actually... Or, I mean, the bun is a donut... With bacon.
1: Oh, I'm just saying.
0: (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what we'll be eating up in heaven. Okay, no, (laughs) it's not going to be salad. (laughs) God's salad bar. Okay, (laughs) you might. We don't know. We're going to have food we never tasted. Gain control. I know. No, there is no yeah, control. Control, control. Okay, so on. But on that note, so let's take. So one of the questions that came in, because um, obviously we live in a world where addiction is is a big struggle for a lot of people. So, the person who has come out of addiction, um, if they fall back a step, if they occasionally fall, are they are they still a Christ follower? Or are they?
1: The thing is. Again, there's some classic verses. And, 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 and every Christian should be kind of dialed in on uh, Hebrews 10.26. If we go on sinning willfully after coming to the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. That is heavy. If we're willfully sinning, there no longer remains a sacrifice to cover these sins. But it goes on to say, but a certain expectation of judgment... That's there that will consume them. Because why is it so serious? He's about to put the next ones up to tell us why it's so serious. Uh, God's judgment. Because it's like... There it is. Uh, For anyone who wrote a testimony of Moses, here it is down here. It starts. Just think of how much more worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God. willful sin is trampling on Jesus Christ and having treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy jesus's blood we consider it unholy when we choose to sin and cause him to to suffer in in, you know for our sins uh as it was common and we insulted and disdained the holy spirit who brings god's Mm. mercy who's in us telling us not to do it so huge thing i forget what the question was but man that's an answer
0: well, uh. and there's, and there's that because that's on the deliberate side. So yep. in Romans 7, um, Paul is very transparent about the spiritual battle that war wages within us, yes. about the body of flesh and the spirit that's, that's yep. inside. Because you know, we, as a Christ follower, we have God's Holy Spirit in us, but yep. we are still captive in a body of flesh that's on this planet, and it pushes and pulls all the time. And he has something to say about... The you know the that yeah that <laughs> that <laughs> no. but again um,
1: in Romans what, in Romans,
0: Romans 7, seven fourteen but again 25. inside
1: of this this is this is Paul the apostle the the, the one who spread Christianity out the world he starts talking about the law spiritual and good I don't understand myself I don't do what is right instead I do what I hate and he, but he keeps going I'm doing one thing that's, uh, so I'm not the one doing it, but the sin that lives in me, nothing, nothing good lives in me, that's my sinful flesh. Again, I want to do what is right, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, That I don't always do what I uh, really don't want to do, it's sin in me. The next, the next portion, he's going to bring this to the end. I discovered the principle, uh, I want to do it right, in every way I do It's wrong. Uh, I love, here, listen, this, don't, don't miss that. I love God's law with all my heart. No, no. Understand what he's saying. I love God's law with all my heart. He's not being beaten into this path. He loves God. He loves God's Word. It's in him he's striving with everything that he's got. But there's another power within him that makes me see it. Now, what a miserable person I am. And here's the answer. Who will set me free from this body of sin? Thanks be to God to Christ Jesus our Lord. He'll set us free. But recognize this is the end of chapter 7. There were not chapter breaks in the Bible when Paul wrote it. The next verse after all of this is Romans 8 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus even when we're struggling in our sin there is no condemnation because god looks at our heart and that's what he looks at we're striving to do what is right there's no condemnation because all of our sins are paid for and removed in christ there's no condemnation it goes on to the powers of revival jesus in our weak you know took care of our sinful flesh and he did what the law could not do anyway he he fulfills <laughs> the law in us so when god sees us we're perfect and holy uh even when we're sending bozos. Anyway.
0: <laughs> yes. So, because, I mean, it's, and, and two, I think it always, like everything, it goes back to motive. You know, it goes back to, well, I'm, I'm you know, I'm human. I, you know, everybody sins. I'm human. And there, there's an excuse made for it rather than, as you have often said, you go into it kicking and screaming. Yeah. You're trying to do everything you can not to, but we make the mistake. And then the beautiful thing, too, is, of course, in First John 1, 9, it says that if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and righteous forgiving us of our sins and cleansing us from all of our unrighteousness. Yep. So it's yep. good, good stuff. So, okay, we're actually at 1130, and you guys have some...
1: 1132. 11... We're holding them up. From... <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're not late. <laughs> um so yeah, but there's a ton of still really good questions that, you know, we'll like I said, we'll type them up and
1: and, and we'll hand have them, them at over the Wednesday to the night class. class. Again, let me just do one shameless plug. It's it's for those who are seeking truth, those who are exploring and want information, honest information, want to come in and check it out. And for those who are defenders of the faith, who wanna be a fake to be able to carry that information to other people will be the goal of the class that's there. Hopefully it'll be fun with a lot of resources. Um I guess we're, we have to send them off and pick up the devotional guide. For those of you who are new here, one of the things we've discovered and want to remind you that one of the best, excuse me, as far as I know, the best discipleship tool that helps us get in the Bible every day, journal about the Bible, apply the Bible to our life, going through specific areas of prayer in our life, is a daily devotional. That's If you want to grow in Christ, that's how you grow in Christ. So please pick that up. And last thing is, after the service every week, if you ever have prayer requests, the prayer corner is over here on the side. And uh, also, 101 class, four hours with Bill. (laughs) Join me in prayer. (laughs) Lord, thank you that you're God. You've given us your living word that, that we might know you. You sent Christ to reach out to us, to pay for our sins. That there might be no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you that, you that you're open to questions. You say, put your hands in my side. Don't be unbelieving, but believe. Thanks for that in Christ's name. Amen.